This is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremony. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. You know your way around the boom mic. Now, I got to say, when we work with the drones, you have to make sure you get close enough to hear the dialogue. Yes, there's dialogue in this. What, what do you think we're doing? Yes, there is always dialogue involved. Just because you watch my movies with the sound off does not make me... And, oh, oh, ah, you are here. That is good. This is my new associate. This is Gabriel. He'll be working for our audio project from here on out. So please... Gabriel, say hi to the people who have come to hear the stories. And Gabriel, thank you for doing this stuff. Now, please, go work. I have stories to tell. Go, go. Go. Go, go. 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 All right, good. Now, uh, where were we? Yes. Uh, Don't worry about it. He'll do just fine. He'll do just fine. Ah. So you want to know where we left off, yes? Want to know where we're coming into this story? Good. I need a drink, and I need several other bits of medication to deal with the headache I have from over-dealing with with everybody on my set. So, in the meantime, I give you this. Roll tape! Welcome back, everybody. Uh, As you heard from the title, my name is Daniel. uh, As the Game Master of Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. With us again, as always, is Becca, please. Hello, I am Becca, and I play your friendly neighborhood, Pop Marah, and Starer into the Void, who has thus far been stared back at. (laughs) We we have uh, Sorcerer. And I'm Sorcerer. I play Ty, who is 4,000 years in the past and is a weird alien that doesn't exist anymore in the future present Babylon 5 world. <laughs> I can hear you, like, juggle those words around going, this doesn't fit. Um, okay, you know what? Fine. Uh, and Tori. Yes, I am Tori. I play Dooley, who is a Narn stuck on the ship that is stuck in a place that no one knows where it is or how it exists. So, Who has been uh, accidentally field commissioned into lieutenant's rank? Yeah, the where criminal that now is a cop. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be interesting. Just oh, yeah. take the system down from the inside. <laughs> there is that. Usually it works the other way around, but that's okay. Yeah. You've got systems, you got criminals, you just kind of run with it. So basically, where we left off, we had Ty. Her and her son had made a bargain with an, a person who she thought was only uh, a strange person. Turned out to be an agent for an ancient uh, alien species who was time-traveling into other people's bodies uh, and stole hers and her sons, giving them the bodies they had 4,000 years ago uh, on the strange and distant planet that was quarantined by Borlons and their son was going to implode, sorry, explode, or expand, whatever, uh, in the next couple of months. She, uh, most recently, 
was able to uh, steal a book away from their library, the books being the main conduit for how they do the brain transfers uh, or the mind transfers, and tried to read it but couldn't. But her son could, but couldn't hold it long enough because it is a, uh, a thing of immense power. But again, that's some, that is a possibility of something that may come up. Uh, on the present day, uh, yes, um, Duli has been given a lieutenant's rank, mostly because she talked to the other Narn security chief on board who understood a few of the details she was speaking of, knew the concept of being uh, a fugitive from her own kind and how to how this is all might work and actually kind of gave her a look. Uh, we're shorthanded and we can use the help and you know more about this than I do. So uh, welcome aboard. You're now part of the, now part of the crew. Her first assignment was to figure out what was going on and to find a possible telepath to help her friend Mirkrat. Mirkrat in a interesting chain of events for those of you who have not been listening. Shame on you. Go back. Listen to the other episodes. We'll wait. Listen, mistakes were made. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Mistakes were made, but they were made for science. And so, in the process of all this, made a, be- made a deal with another ancient, unknowable thing from beyond the stars, who was apparently something of a flesh crafter, who had lost all their flesh, and had become uh, uh, essentially sentient thoughts that had, be- that had coalesced and was manufactured into a narcotic. Yeah, don't think about the fa- physics of this. Just, just don't. Just run with it. But... Mirkrat allowed that entity to share her body for a while until the entity basically took over. And after a little bit of, uh, which the entity then used to become a criminal mastermind and leader of the gang producing said narcotic. Um, would have been way less upset about the entity taking over if it hadn't started lying to my friends. Yes, that it was you and not the, the entity. And then uh, you managed to take control take it up to the brig, tear off your beloved uh, air fresheners and throw them as a sign of things are not right, to which you had a... Uh, you, you worked with the local telepath who's, you know, general on board, rookie who's doing, you know, basic work, who is completely outmatched by you and the thing, the thing claiming to be you and claim that you are, in fact, evil thoughts in your head. So, this led to a discussion that there needed to be a more powerful telepath to Lee off to find said more powerful te- uh, telepath found a blip a uh, rogue human telepath trying to run away from the psychor literally in the clutches of the psychops who were trying to get him to stand down and come with them and so all three of them plus Dooley were making their way up to the security office where a uh, Pakmara ranger uh, named Kurpusek has, uh, been keeping an eye on Duli, and right when the doors open, everyone expected, du- uh, sorry, excuse me, keep an eye on Mirgrat, my apologies, uh, but right when everyone thought that Duli would return with the telepath, the door opened, and Joey, the second in command, or head bruiser, if you will, of the gang, stepped in. Fuck that guy. Uh, and it should be noted that those who get a chance to hear it, uh, there was an amazing psychic duel between Mirgrat and the, the Thing as Mirgrat manifested 
Mirgret's idea of Tai and the thing manifested Mirgret's idea of Julie for a board game of Monopoly so they could both discuss why Mirgret should just accept the, what's going on and so Mirgret could try to tire it out so that when a telepath could be available, the thing would be less able to defend itself or otherwise uh, lie as quickly and as convincingly. Yeah, being forced to play Monopoly with a Brakiri is actually considered a war crime in uh, the ISA. <laughs> Especially the most obnoxious Brakiri they could have possibly picked to pretend to, like, imagine being extra obnoxious for fun. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's also the idea of the most obnoxious Bikiri from the point of view of a Pachmara is just amazing <laughs> if you want to think about it in a weird way. Um, it's one of those things where if this was a, uh, a a movie or an episode of Babylon 5, this would get the closest thing you would get to that Austin Powers moment where, but if I travel back in time, I won't be able to stop myself, but then this and oh god, it, my eyes have gone cross-eyed. Don't worry about it, Austin. Just, just follow. Just do what you gotta do and enjoy the ride. Turns right to camera, and that goes for you two people. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yep. So uh, again, some of the physics doesn't entirely make sense, but narratively speaking, yeah, perfect sense. Oh yeah, totally, hundred percent. Sometimes you just have to say screw it. It's the narrative, and and the narrative wins. So. But that's where we left off. Now, again, we've had a week to contemplate what's happening next. I know that uh, Mirgrat had a couple of possible things that she wanted, or it, they wanted to do. And I'm not sure what everybody else had. And I know that Ty probably at some point would like, for lack of a better term, back in her own body with her kid in tow. So I don't know who has thought about this during our time off, but does anybody want to go first? Um... I, I don't know if I had ideas. Like, I was just waiting on to see what would happen. Mm -hmm. I have an amazing scheme. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Like, genuinely. Okay, here's a plan, which I wrote mm -hmm. down yesterday. I forgot about... Or two weeks ago... A week ago, and then forgot about until just now when I found this paper. <laughs> so the plan is... Mm -hmm. I is gonna go out, hit on one of the guards with the cattle prod leaf things, um, okay. seduce him, steal his thing, knock him out with it, um, take the cattle prod to one of the guys that has one of the gems, knock him out, take the gem, uh, get another book from s another book, and then take all that crap back to her apartment or jail cell or whatever it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, use the book to call the future and hope that she talks to someone helpful. That part's kind of hazy, but whatever, it's Ty. That's normal. Um, <laughs> and then she's going to find someone, maybe her son, who can read the books, or maybe that other guy she talked to before who, like, greeted her or whatever. Like, okay. she'll maybe make him... Write him and her son's, her and her son's name in the two books that she tries to steal. Sneak them back onto the shelf, and then wait to get transported back to the future. Good plan. Okay. 
That is intriguing way. Yeah, no. It's a totally, she has a totally great understanding of how all the time travel works, obviously, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, my, my first question is, so is this the time for the Mission Impossible music? Um, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what is the Yithian equivalent of the Mission Impossible? <laughs> um... I hear it being played on a didgeridoo played backwards. Um, so, all right. Uh, okay. So the first part of that was you have a book with you. Your son yes. can read it, but he's having a whole time uh, holding on to it. So it's a short-term thing that he can possibly hold on to. So you want to go out, find one of the guys with uh, essentially the shock stick or whatever it is that seems to be acting as a general enforcer mm -hmm. seduce him I guess uh, I mean or make friends with him I don't really know if it's possible to seduce one of these guys but I would just uh, work on that see see which one it is <laughs> figure okay. it out as she goes along fair enough uh, so in other words, you'll, you'll try for seduction. If seduction is a possible friend, but if, friend, if seduction is possible even after the friend, you're going to go for it just to, as, I, as I'm guessing here, to get said person alone and defenseless so that you can grab the weapon away from them, shock the heck out of them, and then you, ha you have a weapon now that you could then use on others. Yes. Well, I mean... She only really wants it for one thing. Like, she's not going to walk around with it because that would be fucking stupid. But, yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> this is a great plan. I don't know what okay. could go wrong. Yeah, I know. Nothing could go wrong. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, but it's also one of those things of the, as a GM, going, wait, what did you say? <laughs> I told you it was a tie scheme. It says all the tie things in it. The plan is flawless, and I love it. <laughs> exactly. Perfect for what you're doing uh, in all things. And yes, it is very much a tie scheme of the, okay, can I hit it? No? Can I bang it? Okay. Uh, can I bang it so I can hit it? Okay, I can work with that too. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> Part of me is like, totally oh, wow. It's It's totally shameless, but it's the... Okay, um, I have to figure out how to deal with this plan, but let's Take run with a minute it. if you need one. <laughs> that's okay. A, that's what the cards are for, and B, if you guys haven't figured it out by now, I can improv my way out of a paper bag. Uh, <laughs> so, maybe not a giant paper bag, but, um, so. It's one of those really soggy paper bags. <laughs> like the kind you get with cold McDonald's in it. <laughs> Yeah, after it's been microwaved three or four times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. As my brain now goes to the idea of those big banners they put in front of uh, uh, high school football games, it's breaking out like the Hulk out of one of those. <laughs> um, so, Is that like okay. a real thing that they do? Yes! Yeah, yep. And you say that like you expect me to have ever been to a high school football game. Uh, okay, let's just say... There is a reason why in Texas, uh, there is a saying in Texas, God, guns, and football, and not necessarily in that order. I love football, like, more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 
Anyway. anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, you leave your son, who is, you know, again, recouping after the, the weirdness, but the, the book you have is still in your apartment, cell, whatever you like to put. Cell, not necessarily meaning as in a uh, a prison cell, but more of a, uh, in the old Latin concept oh, like a monk of... Cell. Yeah, like a monk cell, yep. Exactly, yes. Yeah, I figure she would just, like, stick the book under the bed or, like, or something. Just, like, hide it somewhere. Okay. So you hide it there, and so I'm gonna need, let's start with first, an investigate. So you need to at least find somebody who fits your criteria. Mm-hmm. Let's see. <laughs> oh. Alright, what'd you roll? Working on it. Okay. <laughs> Horrible. Oh my god. <laughs> I was almost thinking like the <laughs> I'm sorry, this is now that beautiful scene in any series where it's like, okay, so here's my plan. We bend these bars, we uh we convince the guard that we're sick, and that way he comes forward, and then we smash him get the bars, grab his keys, and ourselves, get to the get to the hangar, which we'll procure for this, get to the ship, which we'll be able to launch from here, and we'll be able to all be able to skip get back to the rebels in time, uh if we do it right, just in time to uh uh to to make sure that they don't get attacked by the Death Star. Okay, great. And then immediately for the convincing roll, oh guard, guard, I'm sick. Guard comes over, you're fine, walks away. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, the first thing is you were looking for somebody with a shock stick, and there is nobody with a shock stick. Oddly enough, you even go back there to there's like, so many of them earlier. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> that then brings the good question: is why? But um, yeah, you mandated, you mandated break time. <laughs> They're in bed. Yeah, I guess. Um, there is a number of gatherings going on. Some people are getting a little lost. Some people are just doing what they usually do. Uh, I, and when I mean people, I mean strange things from beyond the stars with, you know, claws for hands and trumpets for arms. Um, that doesn't make them not people. No, no. Just, just filling out the ranks of the visual for those who are so inclined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so you wander around a little bit. Give me a, uh, let's do, let's do a notice check. The other thing I'm really bad at. Okay! Your hunt is so unplentiful, you have to kind of go, oh god, why? I had a plan! <laughs> I had ideas, and yet, nothing. I, you know, for, the, for those at home, she rolled a nine. Uh, you know, ten being the minimum requirement to find anything. And so, yeah, this is just not your day. Um, which means it's one less day <laughs> that you have on this planet as this, you know, the clock will eventually tick down to zero and the sun will expand and kill everybody. So... Even though yeah. you were prom- they were promised that they will be shifted to another consciousness after they are done, because they think they have a judge or something like that on their side who will just transfer everybody into prisoner bodies, something. Like yeah, Ty knows all about judges. She doesn't believe that. <laughs> Not for a second. So, do you have any other plots, plans, or things you want to try out, or, you, or is this another one of those 
All right, go home. Oh, wait, no, I have rest. some others. They were just worse. Like, way worse. Okay. Right, so, uh, option <laughs> E was... Hang on, I gotta read my own handwriting here. That's tricky sometimes. <laughs> hmm. All right, option B was I was going to give the book I stole to the first guy I met that, like, greeted me, like, when I got here. Mm-hmm. And then tell a guy with a gem that he has it. And then when the gem guy goes to arrest him or take it back or whatever, somehow steal the gem that he has and get the book okay. back. There's a reason I didn't uh... do this one first. It's also a third plan. It's like triple bad, but whatever. Okay, I admit, when you put it that way, I'm so curious as to what the third plan is. Alright, well, plan C is I have this book that I stole so I could trade it to someone for a crystal, but that would mean that they know that I stole this book unless I could just pretend that I found it on the ground, but I still need the book later, so, you know, that's like desperation moves right there. Like this, this plan, like plan C. Desperation. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So your plan is to find the person who greeted you. The only uh, guy that we actually know. Yep. Yep. Uh, then you were going to uh, give uh, plant the book on their person somehow, or they're given the book. Then find. No, I was just going to give it to him. Okay. Then find somebody with a gem, with a blue gem, and then uh, when they rat him out, when you have that. Yeah, rat them out to them in hopes that then yeah, boom, gotcha. Okay. So and steal the gem while they're distracted, I guess. <laughs> let's start with the basics. You got profit? <laughs> no, profit is later. Uh not complied with all Brahiri schemes. She kinda <laughs> has to be off like dying sun world to profit off anything. I don't think even Tide is pretty sure that money is totally worthless at the moment. <laughs> Inconvenient, but it happens sometimes. Well, it's also the fact that, you know, the, the availability of the new possibilities as you get off-world is considered profit, simply because uh, now you are able to exchange that potential time and money for realistic possibilities of time and money. It's hard to make a buck when you're dead. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. Well, Profit isn't always money. Sometimes it's the opportunity for more money, and you're trading. You're, you're capitalizing on the current amount of time and opportunity you're being given now to increase that time and opportunity later into the future, which is part of the investiture. I watch a lot of Shark Tank. Okay, so let's start with the basics. You need to find the guy. So let's start with investigation. Okay, twenty-one. Oh, natural twenty. Okay. Probability strikes again. (laughs) So, so far, your B plan that even you labeled as terrible is so far your most successful. So, uh, you find uh, the original person um, who, I don't know, did you say was a professor of some type before in his previous life? Yeah, like Uh, a doctor or something. Something like that. Exactly. So, you know, again, uh, you find you find the the good doctor, if you will, um, who, um, as for those of you at home, I make up a lot of stuff on the spot. And forgot to write, forget to write it down. That's just me. Anyway, I um, not bother to remember his name, so it's fine. Exactly. So, 
the good doctor, you eventually find he's in his cell doing what you think is meditating. It's really interesting to see uh, the, men, the mandibles on the face vibrate as they kind of make an ohm sound. At the same time, his clackers are at his side, wide open, and his central trumpet arm has been kind of extended out to chorus with his ohms. It's kind of interesting to watch, but also kind of freaky. Kind of, you know, knock on his cell. He goes, Do come in. I I am presentable. Oh, um, I go get the book. Like, okay. Before I go do this, I just cross yeah, my I mind. And, yeah, okay. I figured that part, yeah. So, yeah, you with book and toe uh, enter the room as he says, Come in. Um, hey there. I found this. Do you know what it is? You're a doctor, right? You can read. <laughs> <laughs> I understand if you're having trouble with some of these books. They are quite delicate. So, let's just take a look. And he automatically lifts his clackers up to his eyes, and you can tell that he's psychosomatically or habitly trying to readjust his glasses that aren't there. And he looks over and says, Ah! This you found just lying in the street? Um, I mean, it was, like, in the library, but, like, in a weird corner, like, someone forgot it. I don't know. I guess maybe they didn't want to pay their fine when they turned it back in late. Something like that. Who knows? Okay. (laughs) I have an idea, but I'm reaching for the cards. Let's see if the cards are in your favor. May your odds ever be in your favor. Uh, find out... All right. One, two, three. Okay. Cards have spoken. Leave offerings. Um, he looks over and says, Ah, let me take a look at... Ah, there. Where did you find this? The library, you said? Yep, just there. It was just there. It was like in a corner. Just someone left it there. He opens it up and starts flipping through the pages. He's not getting the same showering of light that you saw before, but it is glowing much like a deep-sea fish. And he starts flipping through it. (gasps) Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Ah, here. Here. Yes, of course. He, this is the, also the kind of freaky part. He jabs his open clacker underneath one of the mandibles where you think a mouth might be, though you're fairly certain it's not a mouth so much as kind of a lamprey-like sucker. Jabs the pointy end of it for a little bit, like he's picking out, like picking something from his teeth. Out comes the clacker, but the end of which is, has this dark fluid on it. Right. And he kind of scribbles a few words into the book. <gasps> perfect. Absolutely perfect. Oh, yes. Now I understand. I understand so much now. I understand. You're, you're fairly certain if he was still in a human body, he'd be openly weeping at this point. I, like, try to see what he's looking at in the book, like, like over his shoulder or whatever. It's... A lot of the stuff is that's glowing, it's writing, it's stuff that you still can't really define. It's, again, such an alien uh, uh, 
language and in symbolic language that you're just like completely flabbergasted on. It's like you yourself mm-hmm. trying to sight read Klingon. And so it's just like, uh, but he is inscribing on like a middle page where there was a blank section. Um, his real name, Dr. Whatever, you know, Phineas, whatever on the side there. And the phrase, I bid you welcome. This tome will bring you great fortune. Ah, uh, this is a library book. You shouldn't write in it, bud. <laughs> <laughs> he says, but that's the beauty of it. I did. And if it wasn't for this, then the book wouldn't be passed to me. But I found it in the 1800s. And from there, I wouldn't have gained the knowledge that I did. I have sealed my record. This is the book that was brought to me so many years ago in my personal past, but so many years in the future. Don't you see? This is the closed circle. I have made it so that I find it so I can have a chance to come back here and learn the things that I do. Does does that that make sense to you? Just fucking keep it, I guess. I I don't know now. I'm not going to turn it back into the library. Oh, 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 he passes. You must, because it has to be put into the safe. If it's not put in the safe, then it doesn't get defended when the planet blows up and this book is then lost to the ages, and then I will never find it. Time has dictated you must return this, or Um, else... How about you return it since you wrote it? Of course, I will, I will. Uh, if that's if that is the case, I will mention that it was found and that I'm returning it for its own good. But I will make sure that it's nestled in the safe and, and kept in the vault. So when everything happens, it happens as it should. Thank you, thank you. I cannot thank you enough. You have you have found a purpose in my existence and shown me what it is. Great. He says, I'm I, glad you're happy. I had the chance. I, I know we were all supposed to be transported away into a new bodies in another century after the Volons are gone, but if I had the chance, I would take you with me to 1896. I'd show you the wonders of my world, but now with the knowledge that we both have of this place and all the intellects around us. Um, I have a boyfriend in my own time. <laughs> I'm just like slowly backing away, like trying to get out of this guy's fucking apartment or whatever. <laughs> he says, well, well, uh, "Of course, of course, no matter, no matter." But I, 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 I just want to show you my gratitude for helping me find my fate. Do you know how rare that is? And he starts getting up. He starts shuffling out towards the door. He says, "But thank you." Thank you. If you have any need, please let me know. I will go and return this immediately. And he mm-hmm. shuffles out the door. I go look for one of the Blue Gems people. Give me a notice check. <laughs> and this is where you roll a one. Uh, nine! Uh, okay, so you're not seeing a lot of the Blue Gem people anymore. Again, you found like you know 20 or 30 of them before, but now it's kind of thinning the ranks. For whatever reason. I mean, I have a hunch why, but... Okay. 
Because um, so now what? They're all going to the future, right? So that's why there's fewer of them. Um, I mean, if they don't, I mean, I don't know if they take their gems to the future or not. Fuck. I guess I gotta go steal another goddamn book since his <laughs> goddamn name and the one I had and took it back to the library. <laughs> this is all going really well. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna pause there for your chapters. We go back to uh, Mirgrat Duli. And don't worry, Ty, we're coming back to you because this, uh, if nothing else, as a game master, it is a lot easier when I can get everybody together in the same, all the characters together in the same room. Uh, we have Ty's going to either die or be stuck in the past, or like have to get out of the past one way or another. So eventually, yeah, I if we have a press, hair brain schemes for yeah. If we have a preference, we want her to move to the future, not us move to the past. <laughs> well, it, that part I get. Besides, all my writing is based around what's going on with the, the Celeste. So, let's just say, now that you bring that to my attention, that is, oh God. is the fact that Celestia <laughs> is, is part of the Celeste. Like, oh, there's an interesting alternate universe where the reason why the Celestia was never found was simply everybody was traded out for Ithians. The human, everybody else was left in the past. They made a new uh, society here and just sent the the Celestia back empty to mirror the Maurice Celeste and thus everyone thought this was a cursed ship and they got to live off happily ever after um yes except then we lose our Babylon 5 universe (laughs) although they would settle in the dark corner of, of the universe where people have never been and wait their time and maybe in a couple thousand years or a thousand years they decide to take their take their chances and move on to see what else is out there. Mm. <laughs> now, granted, that would be a little quack. <laughs> yes. So. Also, I feel like this is what you would do if you wanted to link the Babylon 5 and Star Wars universes. Yeah. Kind really? of enough problems without being personally responsible for not stopping the return of the shadows, but kind of worse. So, <laughs> I assume she would be dead by then, but eh, it's a little too much, even for her dubious ass conscience to handle Fair enough. <laughs> you do not want to be the person who accidentally by by no fault of her own technically is responsible <laughs> for another shadow war several thousand years aside yeah yeah uh, yeah uh. <laughs> ty has some limits that would be Fair enough. <laughs> so um let's just say if if the if the Hale goes in an interesting direction, which I'm not taking off the table. Um, that is one of the possibilities that may actually happen. Doubly so if they happen to get their hands on a few other things. Uh, but again, that's other issues. So, uh, I'll let Ty, uh, think about a few things as she hunts down another book and tries to figure out a few things. So, we will uh, switch back for, for a few bits to Julie and Mirgrat. So, Mirgrat, you, last we had, you were still having conversations with the thing in your head as both of you were not fighting for control of your body so much as both of you have decided to recess into the back of your head to quote-unquote sort this out. 
And, and instead, we've gone to our separate corners to wait for the teacher to get there. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, when the door opens, um, and you guys were expecting a high-ranking telepath, a person of power, a person of authority, Joey steps in and says, hey, is this where you're keeping the boss? Kurt Busek, who in the guise of a Pachmara priest, which, again, unless you're Pachmara, just looks like another Pachmara, um, looks over and says, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Which, uh, uh, which boss are you referring to? And they said, oh, yeah, it's another one like you, except he's a little different, got a different coloration, and a nice better suit, I got to say. Also, a lot of, lot of uh, uh, air freshness around the neck. I got to say, classy guy who does that, really classy guy. Um, so, uh, yeah, where's the boss? He's terribly sorry. It's, uh, just let's uh, call it visitation. Hold on a second. Oh, there he is. Hey, boss. Boss. Now, from the recesses of Mirgrat's mind, it's like somebody is shouting from the hills or shouting outdoors while you're indoors. You guys are getting your Stella moment. And, you know, or the say anything holding up a boombox moment, if you will, because at your spare corners, you can hear the echoes from far away of, hey, there's the boss. Hey, boss. Boss. Boss! And Mirgrat, you can feel it perk up. Not like, ah, oh, victory's mine, but, oh, boys are at home. And, you know what? Uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm just gonna, huh, I think I'm gonna wait to see what happens. Alright. Bide your time and hold out hope, as they say? Hold out something. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a quote for the Count of Monte Cristo, by the way. Um, you uh, let near let the thing just use the controls, not necessarily full control of your body, but just basically gets the, gets the microphone to speak back. And it says, "Ah, boy, sorry, excuse me. Ah, boys, it is good to see you again." Ah, boss, boss, there you are. I just want to let you know that we've been doing some good work with you, which is great, and that uh, we're about ready to go with a few of the developments that you mentioned, but I uh, just wanted to make sure that you're in a good place here while we move to stage two. If you are, we can move to stage two, and don't worry about it. We got it under control. We, f- we found the notes you were working on. It was a little weird, but we got it. Oh, you're prepared for stage two? Oh, that is wonderful. Okay. Perhaps we should go into stage two, and I will sit here and wait. Um. Okay. Uh. Zach actually looks over and says, "Stage two. Do you know this individual?" And Joey says, "Yeah, of course we know the individual. It's with us. Hey, isn't that right?" He looks over, boss. All right, we gotta take care of. But yeah, and as always, the messenger is the message. I'll think have a good one, boss. And you, pr- uh, father, or whatever the hell you are, I don't care. Hey, you have a good one too. Okay, boys, let's uh, let's work on stage two, shall we? And uh, Vinny, here, you uh, why don't you keep an eye on the father here? You know, I just want to make sure the father's gonna be doing what the father does. Okay, you get good. All right, you, he he actually uh, walks up to. Uh, Busek a little bit, taps him on the shoulder. Hey, you'll get good. You're a good kid. Keep an eye on the boss. Make sure they don't get in any, any sort of trouble. All right? Yeah, you're good. You're good. 
and you're almost certain that he slipped a 500 credit chip inside the collar of the robe that Krapusek is wearing. Yeah, and that kind of, you know, gently slaps his cheek a little bit in that traditional way. And he says, all right, guys, uh, on the stage too. All right. Uh, thanks, boss. We'll be seeing you soon. You leave. So yes. let's see how your timing is. Let's see here. Okay. Okay, and all right. Three cards down. By the way, the cards for uh, the Ithian experience that I had last time was mistaken identity. Fork in the road and what are the odds? That is literally one of the cards I drew. It's called what, what are the odds? That's why I had to do what I had to do. Uh, as for Julie, the cards drawn are the black mark, a moment of indecision, and a rock and a hard place. So, honestly, probably nothing can go wrong at this point. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Because if nothing else, if Babylon 5 is nothing else, it is a unbelievable collection of things that could, couldn't possibly go wrong. So, you have been, you know, working with the, uh, the traveling to the, uh, control, se- the security center with the cops and the, uh, blip in tow. <laughs> so, basically, with your timing, you're walking down with the time cops, you start with the side cops. Yeah, Time Cops is a completely different uh, movie. Um, you walk around with the Psychops and the Blip. Now, the Blip is being ter- is not being dragged, but is doing the forceful, let's go, you know, move forward, don't make us pull out this, you know, gun and, and shoot you on the spot. So, be nice, be kind. But, like, the second you had gotten out of the alleyway where you found these guys, uh, or the small little room area... Uh, they went from, we are, you know, we are psychops. You will obey, you know, obey to our authority to, oh, oh, you just gotta go, go on and on about those, about those pictures we sent, we sent to your mother. Oh, my mother didn't like those at all. And you should have kept them for your, back. They went from professional psychops to the Bickersons. And they almost treated Connor, the blip, as like their son or travel companion. Who, who, wisely kept his mouth shut the whole time. So, you make your way to the security office. Most of the other security people are busy trying to deal with... Again, a lot of the rumors you're hearing as you come through the promenade uh, and the, the main the main mall about are we there? Are we just doing a stop? How come no shuttles are going out? Are they going to get ready for things? And there's been a couple things of, okay, ladies and gentlemen, don't panic. We're just doing a quick stop off for some uh, a quick adjustments, a couple of repairs, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, we just want to make sure everybody's perfectly safe. We'll be getting, going forward very soon. Again, nothing to worry about. Um, very much placating everybody. Anybody who's, has, who's figured out that you guys are not where you're supposed to be. Everybody else just seems to take it in stride. So, you make your way to the security near the front, not far from the bridge. As you are entering the corridor to get to the security center, besides the fact the security desk is empty, like, nobody's, like, there taking, you know, acting as a a coordinator or, uh, uh, I can't remember the term, the guy who's usually the front desk person. Receptionist. 
it's not the receptionist, but when you're in a police department and when the person who is acting as not just dispatcher, but he's he's uh, the person you approach whenever you uh, uh, have somebody who wants to report a crime. Was it? Intake officer, maybe? I, I don't know. I, I haven't spent a lot of time in police departments. <laughs> hey, what are we talking about? Sorry. Uh, made it out. That's okay. No, no, the, the, the term for the police officer, usually near the front, who is there uh, to do inductions as well as uh, get reports in and, and get people to the right place. It's not uh, a receptionist. Yes, the desk sergeant. Yes, sergeant. Thank you. There we go. Yep. So the desk sergeant isn't even there. And so... I kind of make a note of all this. Yeah. Okay. Um... Remind, remind me, we're we're heading back to the jail, right? Correct. Security office. Security office, where Mirgrat is held. Correct. Okay. And we so, haven't seen anybody in this section yet so far. No. Well, okay. Once you actually enter the office, uh, the security office, it feels a little empty, like really empty, and. Uh, again, there's no desk sergeant. There's no uh, person on call. Uh, for some reason, it's a little weird. Okay, more than a little weird. And, however, once you come in, uh, you notice that the door to the cells is open. Okay. I don't have any... I just have my knife on me, right? I don't have any real weapons. Correct. They won't let you have any weapons, uh, you know, for a lot of reasons. On board, but yeah, you don't have any real weapons. Okay. I'm just gonna proceed cautiously. Okay. So, the door, uh, so you're heading back to the jail cells? Well, yeah, because we're, yeah, going back to see Margaret from what I remember. Just, just double checking, making sure I get everyone's on the same page. So yeah, so like I said, the jail cell doors are open. Not the actual cells themselves, but like the, the opening to get to the jail cells. Um, that's open, and as you you know get close to it, you notice there's a couple of folk in, in fairly nice outfits. You know, looks like a two men and a woman, a uh, human, who are all dressed very fine. Uh, one of them is this big guy. I mean, really big guy. He's dressed in black. He's got black hair. And it looks like he's talking to somebody in a very thick uh, Italian New Yorker accent. Hmm. And uh, the other two of them, one of them he mentions is, you know, you hear it being called Vinny, literally goes outside the cell doors, uh, the jail cell doors, and kind of leans up against the, the, hall, uh, the wall as if, like, he's just, you know, hanging out next to the door or on guard or whatever. He looks over, and he says, oh, oh hey, uh, can I help you? Who's in charge here? Oh, well, I, I, I answered to uh, the big guy over there. Uh, uh, what well, seems to be the problem? He looks over, uh, Lieutenant. What big guy is he referring to? Uh, it's, it's very obvious. The big guy is the one all in black, very tall, black hair, very muscular. You should be talking to somebody actually in the cell area. Backs to you. All right. Um, so yeah, I just kind of look at him and I, I, I say, uh, "No, I'm, I'm just gonna go about my business." And I head towards back towards the cells. Okay. 
he actually says, uh, Lieutenant, uh, would you be so kind as to give us a, a, a minute or two? We're uh, just finishing up. We'll be out of here in a second. What are you doing here? Uh, visiting a prisoner. He actually, like, reaches into his, into a, uh, not inside his jacket, but, like, into the pocket on the outside where you normally put, like, a, a, a square, pocket square or something like that. Yeah. Reaches in, pulls out a business card, and hands it to you. And the business car- card says, uh, Vinny, uh, <laughs> Vinny Tortoni, legal advisor. Okay, well, uh, Miss. Titani, uh, visitations with the prisoners are to be supervised, so I'm going to go about my job and head back to see the prisoners. And I step forward. Alright. He literally just kind of bangs twice on the the hall, on the door there, and says, okay, no problem. Bang, bang. I, I, I don't want to keep you from your job or nothing, and he's just still talking at you. Yeah, I'm no, like, completely you- ignoring him going forward. Okay. Something's so, not right. As you enter, the other woman sees you. She kind of like pushes herself up to the side, and that's when you see the big guy who had just stuffed something into uh, the Pakmara priest's uh, collar area. Turns around and says, "Okay, let's get out of here." And it's him. It's Joey. You know Joey. Yeah. <laughs> Look over. This- Hey, look at you, Lieutenant! Oh, ain't that special? Ain't that special? Hey, no worries. We're gonna get it, get out of your hair here. Just had to go see a few people, you know, people in, gotta make sure everybody's okay. Alright, you know what? We're gonna leave right now. Anyway, have a good one, Lieutenant. You've been really nice. And he lo- t- looks back. Keep calm, boss. We got it all taken care of. You know, he says, thank you very much for your time. You've been very, very nice there, yeah, Lieutenant. All right, guys, let's go. And he starts ushering the other two out the front door. I make note of what they look like and who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then I go up to the spiritual advisor. Okay. Greetings. Uh, can you tell me why they were here? Bows. He says they believed to have a concordance with three points to Neogorath. Uh, the uh, blip. Connor actually goes. Um, uh, excuse me, but uh, was was that supposed to happen? I mean, are we on the real? Yeah, real situation. I mean, I don't want to be a pain. You hear the slap of the back of his head. Yeah, okay, okay. What? Who hit him? Oh, um, one of the side cops behind you just kind of got in the okay. whole... Shut up. I'm going to spin around, and I'm going to get right in the guy's face and say, no, that's, that's not allowed. He is here to perform a service, and he cannot do it if you are beating him up. Gardner, who's the male, looks over says, perform a service on which? You know what? This is police business. You don't need to be here. Please wait out oh. in the lobby. He looks around and says, 
I think we need to be here. He looks over. Don't you, honey? Julie looks over and says, Yes, I, I really think we need to be here. For Connor. Puts both hands on Connor's shoulders. I think it would be best if we were here for him. Yeah, I don't. And I'm in charge here, so you may leave now. I think I have intimidates. <laughs> Not that it'll work on these guys, but I can give it a try. Give it a try. Press me. You never know. I have a mild intimidate. You know what? Hold on a second. Uh-huh. We don't need courses of someone singing Diggy Diggy Hole in the background. <laughs> Why did you introduce him to that song? I didn't think you would run with it so fast. Oh, good grief. <laughs> you guys have been aware of this song, yes? Oh, yes. So, Rebecca, would you say, was that a yes or a no? That was a no. Okay. Oh, you're not here. There All are right. two versions. So I rolled a, a nine, which gave me a 16. Okay. I see that. No problem. Uh, you just do your best of the, look, I'm in charge here. See Lieutenant Stripes. See what's going on here. I asked him to do a favor. Don't want to do this. I'll have you know somebody throw you out the nearest airlock as fast as possible. They both just kind of sit, you know, stand there. You know, again, to Mirgrat's borrowed eyes, it looks very much like a Ward and Beaver Cleaver situation. Um, you know, just they stand there like you know, like they're a 1950s family or you know, sitcom family, and says, "No, no, I think we're going to be here." To help our our, our, our our good friend Connor, who should be in our custody and under our protection in these circumstances. Don't you agree, Lieutenant? No, I just said I didn't agree. Do I need to call my supervisor and have you escorted off the premises? Um, he looks over. Uh, father... This is a family matter. May we have uh, uh, may we have a moment alone? Oh no, he can stay here. He is her spiritual. He is their spiritual advisor, or they are their spiritual advisor. This okay. is they look not a family matter. We are hiring this young individual to do a job, and I believe actually, if I remember correctly, Psychor rules allow for a certain level of oh, I don't know. Um, uh, what's the word? Privacy when the individual is engaged in uh, such activities. Because you don't need to hear what's being discovered. You're not part of the contract. The, the, the uh, priest uh, looks over. Psychor rules. I would take it then these are. All of a sudden, the beaver, uh, the warden in June Cleaver personas drop like a stone. Yes. We are Psychops. We are taking in this blip who had been running away from us. We have authority to retrieve this blip and that and that supersedes. Mm-hmm. Your authority is questionable here. They turn to each other, stare at each other's eyes for a second, and then they kind of go, he's not going anywhere. We'll be right outside. Have him do the job. He can. Then he's ours. Agreed? Agree. 
They kind of nod and say, it looks over. Well, I suppose you could get, you know, the person that just kind of flicks back on. Well, I suppose you're going to have to show me those pictures again. I don't really understand what this is about. Oh, you never understand what it's about. It's perfectly simple, honey. They go outside the cell doors towards the waiting area, which is only one way in, one way out anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can hear them kind of talking a little bit before the door closes. Kutbusek looks over and says, That was intriguing. Connor looks over and says, um, uh, Okay, um, so you want me to do what again? Well, hold on a second, Connor. We, we have plenty of time for this. Uh, first, okay. I, have some, I have some questions. Um, uh, does Dooley understand how to lock and unlock the jail cells? That's a good question. Give me I mean, a... That would be intrigue or... No, it was a subterfuge. Subterfuge? Yeah. Same roll. 16. <laughs> Well, the dice aren't being critical of you, but, you know. So locking is easy. Unlocking from the inside is a little tricky, but, again, with your badge, you you, you can do it. Okay. Basically, whatever you do, don't lose that badge. Yeah, no, I I have it. All right, uh, so I turn, uh, I turn to the father and I say, can you tell me what happened in the past 20 minutes while I was gone? Oh, you mean to the to Kupasek? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he says very little from what I gathered. I sat, I observed, and Yirgrat moved very little. If not for the breathing and some of the exhalations, one would imagine that you, uh, they were dead. Well, I I was actually more interested in the visitors who had tried. They asked to see the boss. They informed the boss that they wanted to make sure that, they, that the boss was well taken care of. They then said they were working on, they were prepared for whatever phase two was, and that they would then, on the orders of the boss, um, proceed. They did mention a phrase which seems to be brought out. I thought it was curious. The messenger is the message. Well, that's not good. Okay. Do I remember anything about Phase 2 from when we were in the room? They didn't mention anything. Okay. Trying to remember exactly what I saw. (laughs) Um, I'm going to get on the link and call the boss. Okay. You're going to call Kali? Okay. Uh, you hear a bit of the uh, Chief Kali I go. It, I know at least that they were making the drugs there. I don't know how. So I'm I'm going to report that. Okay. You're basically just going to uh, say, boss, I got a couple of uh, leads. It looks like some people showed up at the, the cells. They mentioned something about going to phase two. I think they're in, in cahoots about the, the, the amber coming out and uh, just want to report that. I also want to report that the, there seems to be no one here other than me, which is disturbing. They, she says, "Wait, Chuck's on call. Where's where is he? I'll, I'll 
I'll, I'll go have a team set out to find him. You you deal with the prisoner and your issue. I'll deal with I'll deal with him. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Clicks off the All right. So now I turn to. Oh crud! I forgot his name. Good possession. Oh, oh Connor. Kid. Connor. All right, and I say, okay, Connor. Here's the deal. First of all, do you know how powerful you are, Connor? Um, I, I was I was never rated, but I I think I'm pretty powerful. I've I managed to do a few things I'm not really supposed to do. Okay, good. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, so I want you to do a quick scan of the pock run in behind the jail cell. I believe there are two entities occupying that body. Our goal is to push one out, but I want you to be able to see the differences between the two and understand which one to push out. So the first thing is just do a quick scan. Tell me what you see of two individuals in the body. Okay. Um, I think I could do that. Uh, he, I know uh, you can do that. That's an easy thing. This is yeah. the easy part. You can do this. He uh, goes up to the door... You know, again, it's a lot of see-through, not quite bars, but, you know, it's pretty see-through. And, uh, he looks in. It's okay, I see. All right. Uh, takes a moment. Rubs his hands together. Puts his hands on the, on the, on the, the wall of the door. He looks into the, uh, into the eyes of Mirgrat. <laughs> what? Did you think it was going to be that easy? That we get into the heart of the matter so soon? Wouldn't I have a cliffhanger right here if you almost exactly the one hour mark? No, of course not. This is why you have to come back to Bedini and to the rest of my crew as you continue the voyage with us aboard the Taumari Celestia on Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Now, if you'll excuse me, he's got the boom mic again, and if I don't... Boom! Watch where you put that boom mic. And that's where we're in for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope that you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticisms, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey or email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com or now you can follow us on Twitter at odysseyb5dm. Babylon 5 was created by J. Michael Straczynski and is owned by Warner Brothers Domestic Media. The Babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by Mongoose Publishing utilizing the OGL gaming license for D20. Our audio engineer is Gabriel Belton. Our theme music, Titan Striker, was composed by Evan King. Incidental music provided by Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. All other music provided by Creative Commons license and is available of information on our website. Once again, I am Daniel... And I thank you for joining us on this grand adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming.